doing it? Yeah, we're going. Can't you warn me or anything? Nah. Oh. The music is the warning, Ira. Oh yeah, but... You didn't spill your papers. Not this time. Howdy, everybody! I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. <laughs> and this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that Hollywood leaves for dead. Okay, I get it. Yeah. That's good, because the movie is... Widows. Widows. And speaking of widows, hey, pre- pregnant producer Joey, how you doing? Oh. Ouch! <laughs> Robert. Even I think that was a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> is that inappropriate? Line. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at the look you're getting. Yeah, maybe divorced, and so yeah. she won't be a yeah. widow. Yeah. yeah. Right. So widows, it is, and yeah. of course, our, our top five is top five badass bitches. Yeah. 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 I like that one. It was hard narrowing it down to to five. only five. Yeah. I had like you had 30. so many bitches. Oh, there's a lot of them out there. Mm, can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Hey are, man, how was your week? All, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Are all of yours? Actual humans. We'll come on, come on, come on. Wait. We'll get to it in a I little wonder, bit. you have any animation in there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or any robots? Okay, all right, all right. All right, let's okay. move on. All right, okay, let's go. How was hmm? How was your week? What'd you watch? Oh, you're saying we can review? Sure, let's do so it. So are you suggesting it's time for this? Mm-hmm. Some are old, some are new. We now present the We Can Review. And Robert, I love you the fact that two weeks ago, I forgot to do the ditty, and you reminded me, which suggests, A, you have my back, and B, you become more and more fond of my ditties. I have the audience's back, <laughs> and they desire to be tortured by your stupid ditties every week. All right, who's going to go first? Uh, go ahead. I'm going to go first? Yeah. Number one, a film 1998 called Goodbye Lover, a film no comedy and it was a uh, with, I've never even heard of this I know I know Patricia I, wait listen listen but. how many movies do you bring up that I've never even heard of well that's because I have um, my tastes are eclectic <laughs> I guess eclectic tastes right, right go ahead what do you got alright so uh, uh, it's all about a murder and the adulterous adulterous wife and so on and Patricia Arquette you know she was a yeah, producer hottie. Joey's allergic to, to obscure movies. She was a hottie in 1998. Patricia Arquette. Yeah, she's in Escape from Dannemora. Have you seen that? No. You should check that. I mo- should check that, that out. It's a show. I keep saying movie, but it's a TV show. Don Johnson was in it. Yeah. And so no, I'm talking about yeah, Goodbye Lover. Yeah. Any rate, so and uh, you know Patricia Arquette. This piece of trivia. You know the Arquette family. Right. But are you aware that her grandfather was uh, Cliff Cliff Arquette? who did a caricature on late-night TV called Charlie Weaver. Does that mean anything to you? No. Yeah. Here's your piece of trivia. He was a comedian. This is Patricia's grandfather. And he sat in a rocking chair, and he talked about back home. It was very, like, kind of Mayberry RFD stuff. And, yeah. with it. and so that was, he was a comedian. He was known for playing the part of Charlie Weaver. Anyway, that was, um, that was uh, Patricia Arquette's grandfather, and it was a crappy movie. Now, but let's move into what I've really been dying to talk to you about. Okay. My second film, yep. it's called Dirty Teacher. That's right. You heard it right. Dirty not Teacher. Not Bad Teacher. No, Not Bad Teacher was a great movie. Dirty this Teacher. Dirty Teacher was almost a good 2012. And it was um, a high school girl who was uh, framed for the murder of her boyfriend when in actuality it was the female older teacher who was having an affair with the boyfriend. Dirty, dirty. Yeah. So yeah. those are the two movies I saw. Both forgettable, but they did their job. <laughs> Your turn. D- what year was Dirty Teacher? Dirty Teacher was 2012. That was still when you were teaching. <laughs> That's a good point. Did you like to be called Dirty Teacher? Of course, this movie was about a female teacher. Yeah. So here we're switching roles. But I uh, I, I felt like I was a, a dirty professor. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm. 
What did you see? Uh, I didn't see very much. I did uh, watch... Uh, you know, I, I watched The Endless Summer. Did, did I tell you about this a while back? I watched The Endless Summer. Did I tell you about no, that? No, I don't I watched so. The Endless Summer again. I'm not sure if I brought that up on a couple of uh, episodes ago. I might have mentioned it. I think I did mention this you on the podcast. You did? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted you to bring did. that up with we you. We talked about that... A- Oh, there it was. Yeah, I love that theme music. Yeah. Bruce Brown. Yeah. That's it. And I think you even made a comment. No, you made a comment that there was something that could be interpreted to be a little bit racist in the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. You did. Yeah. See, I remember so things we did that talk, you said. You actually we listened to me. We did talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did see Widows. And I, I've been watching a lot of television and doing a lot of projects around the house. I'm getting ready. I don't know if I told you this, but uh, Bruce Joey's pregnant. She is? Yeah. Well, that explains the so sudden I'm, weight gain. I've been... <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> I think Bruce, Bruce Joey's jaw is going to go through the floor here in this, in this episode. She's not looking happy. Uh Ira, throw me a shovel. I'll help you dig. Oh, I'm just watching you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we, we've been watching a little bit of TV, but we haven't really been watching very many movies this week. So I don't, I don't have much in terms of movies to really report. All right. You know, can I throw in something a little Please. bit uh, uh, tangential? And that is, uh, we do have that segment in the news, and I'm wondering how you feel about Kevin Hart not hosting the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, how about that? Do you want to give us a quick back? Well, as you know, he was tweeting a lot of anti-gay homophobic comments years ago i don't even know that they really were anti-gay were they it well, was a was lot saying of that like i don't want my son, son to be want my son to gay. be gay and the lgb mnlpqrst was upset about that yeah. so i i his his son is gonna grow up to be such a fag <laughs> his son is gonna grow up to be so gay just to spite his dad That'd be great. That's uh, funny. I love that Kevin Hart didn't apologize. I love it. That's right. He needs to stand up. To That's him. right. He and, did not. And be now, like, he no, apologized years ago, but he didn't want to apologize again. He's already done it. Right. That's right. And, and he wouldn't do it, and he bowed out. Good He's, for him. Yeah. Good move. Uh, I agree with that. I thought that was a classy gesture, and I embrace him for that. Yeah. The Academy is... Uh, I mean, we've seen it, even with creating that new... The, uh, the new... Um, category of popular culture film and then they did away with it like even they just they bend to whatever the whims of society are right they have no spine they blacklisted harvey weinstein before there was ever a trial yeah before there was ever a trial you're found guilty in the court of public opinion right so okay you're done yeah careers have been ruined right how about that so so they they have no spine when it comes to making their decisions agreed. and he does he yeah. has some he has class right and i appreciate that i agree i agree so uh, but everyone loses and too bad and now the academy is scrambling because it's in a few months and who's, look, who's we're in, a, we're in a really bad situation where we as a culture are digging through people's past at, oh 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 this thing you said seven eight years ago is going to come back and haunt you because you were trying to make a joke i right. i don't even know that it was really very funny i mean it, it might have even been serious but who cares right. does that really matter i mean if anything the, the academy should really be playing more towards that kind of um that kind of mentality because that's where you know most of central america seems to be going and right. they're they're ignoring right. the academy anyway but we're tearing ourselves apart. Absolutely. And one example, a specific example that just broke, and you probably heard about this, some radio stations are refusing to play 
baby, it's cold outside. You heard yeah, about this, I heard right? About this, yeah. And I think the the other one on the chopping block too is uh, I heard them talking about it on another podcast. They were talking about uh, uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa. Yeah, Claus. I know, I know, because that suggests. I, so, I what I what's really wrong to me is that they even need to bring it up. Absolutely. Why why is this newsworthy? They if you're gonna take the song off the air, just do it. You don't need to make a federal case out of it. And if you feel like it's a if you feel like it doesn't reflect the culture that we're in, then that's fine. Like remove it. But you to, to the fact that all this news media is focusing on that kind of issue just shows that they're desperate for that kind of attention. They're and trying to perpetuate that absolutely. Story and I want it's a great song, by the way. Yeah, I really can't stay. And and I want to suggest. Well, first of all, when the song was written, the mores, the attitudes were different. And number two, if you really listen to what the song is saying, she wants to stay. They were flirting. Right. They were flirting with one another, but she was reluctant to stay because of society's mores. Right. She wanted to stay. But now with the whole thing about she wanted to get raped, she well, was asking she for to it. Stay with him, and it's such a great, lovely song as a duet. And man, what's going on out there, Robert? It, it's not good. It's not healthy. We're getting to it's the a point very where we are. Uh, our culture is getting upset with things that make us think of bad ideas. That's it. And it, it's it's starting to get into thought police. People just got to calm down. Yep. We're getting yep. way too worked up. And honestly, I, this is going to sound very conspiratorial. And I don't, I, I, I get it. I don't think I've ever shared this view with you. But I really believe it. I think, you know, all this Russian meddling with the, uh, with the election and stuff like that. I think that the Russian meddling is really just trying to get us to turn against ourselves. It's all this concept of like us versus them talk and democrats versus republicans and i think that that kind of mentality has really taken root here and our fire has been stoked and we just we keep burning this like anti-american mentality and us versus them and it, it, it it's that's what i think the russians want i think other cultures, probably China as well, want us to really start fighting with ourselves. Well, I'll tell you, Robert, that that I idea, understand that sounds conspiratorial. No, but I, but think I that's can true. appreciate that. There was even a classic science fiction co- episode called "Monsters Are Due on Maple Street" and the aliens, and they decided instead to have us turn on one another, right. neighbor against neighbor, and we'll destroy ourselves where they didn't have to fire a single bullet to take I over. That one. You remember that episode? Yeah. And that's what that was about. So, absolutely, and it's it's a scary time. Instead of letting people think for themselves, for in their own opinions, everything's being whitewashed. It's being diluted, brought down to a very safe comp. Well, I think the, the, the problem is, look, somebody might be offended. Yep. The world is offensive. You yep. might have a song ab- about, let's, let's not even mask it as a flirtation and maybe she wanted to stay, maybe she didn't. Let's say that it was all about rape. Okay. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Why are we and so that's worked what up the about it? Just about. don't right. play it if that's not what you want to hear. Right. And right. I don't know that the news media should really be covering this song is no longer on the radio because they're just perpetuating anti like other side. They're 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 fueling a fire of like traditionalism versus n- new extreme viewpoints or whatever it is. And it's like fucking just everybody calm down right. a little bit. Right. We all just need to can't we all just get along? Rodney King. I really King, can't was... stay. Oh, boy. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I wanted to mention that too about, uh, yeah, Kevin Hart. So we'll see. Man, they got to get somebody. They're down to the wire now. Oh, they might not have anybody. They might just have no host. I mean, they've done that many, many years. 
They well, had no host. No primary they had, host. They had, yeah, there was one well, year. Well, they'll they, have like guests come out right, right. And, and say stuff. But for many years, they didn't have a host. I mean, the Golden Globes, they didn't have a host until, right. what, 2011 right. or something like that? Uh, Ricky Gervais, I think, was their first host. They didn't have a host at all. So they can have no host. Um, but I think in the modern era of the Oscars, there's been a host for, you know, since what, like Bob Hope right. from the 1960s or something? Right. Yeah. So clearly, there's they're going to try to get somebody. Let's bring back Billy Crystal. Yeah, but then then something else will come out about him. Yeah, I mean, there's so many organizations that are all looking to get their agenda promoted. All they have to do is just accuse somebody. I mean, this podcast alone is proof that neither one of us will ever be able to do something like that just because of the things that we've said on this podcast. You're right. Wait, this means I can't run for senator? No, please. No one would elect. This podcast is not going to be the proof that you can't be a senator. <laughs> Even without this podcast, yeah, exactly. there's a mountain of stuff that would be used <laughs> <Yeah>. against me. <laughs> there's a, how many sexual harassment suits. That one time you, uh, you, shh, you drove the car shh. off the bridge. And, okay, never and, mind. We don't want to talk left, about that. left her inside. Yeah, yeah okay. Shh, shh, shh. We don't want our listeners to know about that now, do we, Robert? Uh, maybe. Uh, so, I don't know. I yeah. I. I hate to shit on America by shit, saying America is shitting on itself. But I think that's the case. I think we all just, we got to get along. We got to find, we, we have to, to try to find more common areas. I hate to say this, but what we need is a, something like September 11th. We need a, a unifying thing. And unfortunately, it's going to be a tragedy that does it. I mean, we, we have to rally together. And we need something that's going to do that. Things like that do bring us together. There's that cliche about a community and a, a, a child falls into a well and then all of a sudden the whole community comes together right. and you start talking with your neighbors, banding together to get that kid okay. And uh, unfortunately, we can use something like that to unify. I, it's unfortunate that it would need to be something that could potentially put people's lives Negative. at risk. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great if we could actually do it in a positive way, but I just, I don't see most of America doing that. Everyone's so... In, in love with hate. And I think that's I think that's a big part of the internet. It's offended, just so offended, easy offend- it's so easy to hate on the internet. Well, Facebook is making that an everyday right. thing. Offended, I'm offended, I'm offended. Right. Everyone's fucking offended. Get over it. Baby, it's cold outside. So I guess as as a closing bumper tonight we should pay, <laughs> play Baby It's Cold Outside. I kinda like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you would. It's a great song. Okay. Good. Well, having said that, uh, shall we? Let's do it. The main film? Widows. Robert, talk us through it. Widows. Uh, stars Viola Davis, who is the new widow to Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson and his whole gang of heist going, what do you call those? What do you call bad guys? What bad guys. Uh, there's a name for it. Like the, his crew, I guess. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. They all get killed in a robbery gone wrong. And we should point out that there will be spoilers in this review. Yeah, so, a big one. Yeah, there's a lot of... there's. There's a big twist that's coming. But we have to talk about it. We've How got could to you talk not, about right? it. How can we not? So urging people, if they don't want to hear it later on, we get to it, maybe they should, what, fast forward? Yeah. Yeah. Or or pause, come back pause. to this episode later. After they've seen the film. Right. So at any rate, Liam Neeson and his old crew die, and uh, Viola Davis and uh, the, the widows of the crew get together, and they decide that they're going to take on another heist in order to Cohorts. pay their Cohorts. That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Cohorts. <laughs> Crew. His cohort crew. 
So Viola Davis forms her own cohort crew. Right. And they all decide, hey, we're, we're some badass bitches, so we're going to take on a heist. Okay. Badass bitches, hence our top five. It's all so organic. Ira, what'd you think of this movie? I'm going to go first. Well, first I want to say, for the first time in quite a while, we have a title that's really good. Yeah? Yeah. This title, it's a good one-word title. I like that. And it says You know it. I like one-word titles. Yeah, I do too. I don't think we ever talk about that. Yeah, I, I think like, we mentioned think it before. Have, Maybe I, not on the podcast, right. but we've definitely talked about it. I, I think for the first time in quite a while, we have a really good um, title. And I like the film. And let me tell you a few miscellaneous things before we get to the crux, okay? okay. When you saw the movie at the screening, at the very, very start, did you have a little featurette of Steve McQueen? Yeah. What's up with that? It I want to like talk a about fake this. Okay. Accent. Yes. Now Didn't listen. it feel fake? Well, is he British? Where, yeah. Where's he? He's Br- I well, think he is. But yeah, it was. Producer Joe, can you find out where Steve McQueen's from? Yeah. I thought he was British. Um, and he actually said, This is my passion project. I hope you enjoy my movie. I saw this one other time, and that was when I went to see uh, The Greatest Showman. And again, they had this 30 second clip of the actor and a couple of other people saying, we really worked hard on this movie. We hope you enjoy that. Is that being shown now citywide in the different, all the theaters? I and if no, so, I, I know it why? Is here, yeah. And what's going on with that? Who's doing that and why are they doing it? I don't know. I wish they wouldn't. I do too. I, as it's I was watching weird. it, there was, I gleaned nothing from watching it. Right. Other than, why does Steve McQueen sound like he's doing a fake English accent? I know, and he was so good on the motorcycle. <laughs> I'm going to say, all right, just at one time and I'll stop saying that. Steve but man, McQueen with those is Nazis, black? With those Nazis chasing him, he was so good. Ah, great escape, how Magnificent many, Seven. How many awful jokes have been made I know. like that? I know. So here we're going to have it now. Where was he born with his uh, British-sounding accent? He was born in London and is of Grenadian and Trinidadian, Trinidadian descent. Am I saying that right? Trinidad. Trinidadian. It's the extra did that gives it that pop. Trinidadian. So there he's from. But anyway, I had to mention that brief feature at the very beginning. Thank you for bringing it up because I noticed it too. And And it bothered me and I wonder why they're doing it. What did they get out of it? Nothing. Is it a win-win for anyone? I don't think so. If anything, it backfires. It's kind of weird. It actually detracts from the movie because you're like, okay, here we go. It reminds you you're watching. Yes. To see the filmmaker, yeah, it's weird. Disappear, man. Yeah, it's it's like a mind fuck at the very beginning. Yeah. Um. All right. I like the film. I was I was on board for the full two hours, a little over two hours. Uh. And since we're going to talk about the spoiler, and how can we not? Here it comes. It was fun watching. Well, first of all, the person I was with, I leaned over halfway through and I said, "Here it comes, folks. Turn up. I don't think they're really dead." And the person I was with looked at they said, of course they are. I don't know if you had the now, same. when did you have that realization? About halfway in, before you, the third act. Do you know what scene it was? Oh, that's a great question. No, it was just a general feeling that started gnawing at me. Do you remember? Did you have the same take? Yes. And what, I actually turned to producer moment, Joey and I said. I love it. And we did not see the film together. No, we didn't. We didn't see the film together. Do and you I, remember I turned to producer Joey moment? and I yes, I do. And I said, I said, they're not dead. I, I, I thought the whole crew wasn't dead. But it turns I did out too. Only, Liam Neeson was right, alive. Right, right, right. Uh, but I, I was like, nah. And there's, I, I realize why. First of all, to bring in Liam Neeson and only give him I know. 30 seconds of screen time? No, you, you don't do that. Like, he's got to be coming back here. And they weren't doing any flashbacks. So it was like, all right, well, what's 
What's the purpose of bringing Liam Neeson in for this role then? Absolutely. So that was a big now, giveaway. I want to say Wikipedia was very clever because they have the list of all the actors yeah. and their credits. He's like one, two, three, four, five, six. He's like the 14th one down. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He's like the 14th, which is done to mess us up a little bit to think, wow, he's only in the film a little bit at the very beginning. I guess that's what they're trying to do. I think but, so. But do you remember the specific I do. moment? What was the beat during the film where it triggered that? It was because it was too obvious. Here's what it was. One of the widows, the the girl who got beat up, she goes to the funeral. There's a few people scattered in the funeral. And she said, they just put him in the coffin so fast they didn't get to see the body. Oh. And her mom says, you didn't want to see the body anyway. I'm going, Why are we watching this dialogue? Why is this here? Why, Why do we care about he's that? dead, it right. shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Okay, here's what I want to say. I'll go first about this. And that was about 10 minutes into the movie. Right, right. Wow. A, I enjoyed the film i didn't buy the big twists and i'm looking forward to what you're about to say i, I, I was on board i was on board and enjoying it while it was unfolding but driving home i was replaying certain things uh-uh no no way in hell could that have really happened yeah. it didn't make sense to me and it was so it was like fitting a round square into a peg hole i thought it was forced and not organic at all there's no way in hell that could have happened that they could have not died, and he he pulled the whole it thing. Was, yeah. It was especially it was in the beginning with yeah, in the beginning, in the profound love, the communication between these two people. Well, husband, and I also I I also turned to producer Joey about uh, I it, it was in the scene where she drives back to the hideout after the heist, and Liam Neeson shows up, and before they've even said a word, I turned to her and I said, "She's gonna kill him." Wow. I called that too. Well, I didn't know. I, I was knew start, I was startled. Because there's no other way. What are they going to do? Like get back together? He's yeah. already got this other woman. Right. And it's like, nah, that ain't going to work. That, well, it's the, the writers. And I, I know it was based on a source novel, right? Actually and, a TV series in oh, England. Oh, was it a TV yes. series? Yes. It was a series okay. in England. And everyone was saying the series worked better than the film. But what were you about to say? Uh, I was about to say, I, I think it was... It's this case of knowing what's going to happen before it's happened. Like the, the the way that it's written, they really don't leave themselves any other out. It's not realistic enough. I mean, what we really want is we want to see real choices, but what we're presented with aren't real choices. She has no choice but to shoot him. I mean, he's going to he has to say something to piss her off. In reality, what Liam Neeson would do is he would say, hey, I'm back, baby. Come on, let's get together. And then at his first chance, he would run off with the money and leave her, like ditch her, right? That's what he should have done. Right. But he's, he's not going to do that because it's not, it's, it's not filmic. It's not um, cinematic. Cinematic. All right, I want you, let's back up a little bit. And I, with, it was a MacGuffin, but it was the notebook with all the plans. Yeah, we, we, I think we're doing what? our audience a disservice because I don't think we're talking enough about the plot. I know. So I'm asking that you pull back a little bit. Okay. And let's so let me, let me walk through go, it a little go. bit more. Yeah. All right. So uh, Viola Davis, she gets the widows together and, uh, and then it turns out she finds out that her Liam Neeson has left this notebook to her that's got all of the, the big plans uh, that he's ever devised and all the notes on how to get down these heists. And there's a $5 million heist. So they decide that they're going to do it. Meanwhile, she's got a bunch of the, the people that Liam Neeson stole money from that are after her that are going to kill her in a month. She has one month to get them their money. Um, which also feels totally fucking fake. And it would just be like, what, what's this arbitrary month 
doing. Their timeline is all off. I, I don't like that they didn't really get serious with this heist until three days before the heist. They spent 27 days dicking around, and then they finally started getting serious, serious and committed three days before the heist. These ladies can't get their shit together. Uh, we could have had more fun in the film with the heist, the planning, and so and on. And I said this to producer Joey. I think that was the best part of Ocean's Eleven is you get to see them trying to figure out how to do absolutely, this heist. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we get to... It's... The best part of, of Oceans is that, and really all the Oceans movies, but especially the first one, is the best part of every MacGyver episode and every A-Team episode. It's the one thing of like, okay, we're in a jam. Let's do this montage of figuring out how to put these chemicals together in a certain way that will explode up in the bad guy's That's face. That's the fun. That's the fun That's part. The, but, but when you say the original, do you mean the black and white? Was, are, are you on that one right now? The original Ocean's Eleven? No. With, with, uh, with, no. No, with Frank no, Sinatra. Good no, you're talking about the... Oh, okay. Yeah, All the right. good one. All right, go ahead. Uh, no, no, not the original. With, because that one wasn't as much fun. That was more melodramatic, and yeah. it doesn't hold up well. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't hold up well. Okay. It has a great but, shot at the end where they're all walking oh, away. Oh, that's great, that last scene. But yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. it. It's that not, last scene. It's not scene just fun watching them put it the together. cremating of the body and pulling back. That's the best moment. But let's talk about the new franchise. Go. Yeah, the okay. new fr- that's what I'm talking so, about. So, yes, it's it's the, it's the planning. This, it's the MacGyver yes, episode, right? That's all the Every, fun. If you watch any old MacGyver episode or A-Team episode, when they're stuck, they're always kidnapped and put somewhere and they can't get out and they have to come up with some creative way to bust the lock and improvise a gun or something right. like that. And that's what Ocean's Eleven did. Right. This movie had a little bit of that. It did. But it wasn't enough. Right. And that's what people really but want. I don't think it was really a heist movie. It, it's, it's, it, I think you it, have to say it's a heist movie. But you but know it what I mean yeah. when I'm saying it's not really. It, what, then what is it if it's not... It's, God, dare I say like this? Like a noir? It's a women's empowerment yeah. movie. That's, and that's the that, part it felt heavy-handed. Yeah. And that's what I didn't like about it is that it there were certain lines like where Viola Davis says, they don't think we have the balls to pull this off. And it's like, yeah. okay, what are you yeah. doing? The audience is supposed to applaud at that moment. Right. That's why that was in the right. script. And it's a little yeah. like, stop, yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that. It, you actually undermine your point. You actually serve to create otherness when right. you do that. Right. It, it's not organic. It, it doesn't work. can be work. an agenda, but it doesn't have to be so damn overt. Right. Or how about this? Just make a good movie. Why do you have to have yeah. an agenda? Right. Right. I don't know. I get it. I mean, I, I, I understand why you would want an agenda because you, you want to say something about society. You want to comment and you want to use film as a medium to do that. Okay. I get it. But... There's just so many more clever ways and, and not having to, to tip your hand and show the audience. The fact that you and I both independently I in two it. different theaters I love that. figured out their twist. Yes. I think we were seeing the same night at opposite ends of the city. I yeah. love that. And we both figured it out and told the person we were, live, uh, we were with, he's still alive. They're Wait, you live alive. with him? Hmm? hmm? No, what? Go ahead. What is that? Nothing. No, go ahead. Live. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Didn't buy it. Didn't buy it. No, plot hole. It didn't ring true. The heist part, though, was pretty good. It was. All of a sudden, it became more riveting, more compelling. And what's his name from Get Out? He was a pretty dastardly dude. Yes, he was. Um, I know the the scene, there's a scene early on where he murders a couple guys while they're rapping. And you know what's coming. You know that it's going to end poorly for these two guys who are being forced to I consider rap. that for my money shot, by the way. I can see, Go ahead. And I, I really dug it, and it still got me. Like, yeah. I, you're waiting oh, for this yeah. tension to break, and it just it breaks 
so well. And I thought that was a really, really nice sequence. The camera was going around 360, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was started to spin around them. So, yeah. I mean, there, there were some really good moments. There the were film. some good moments. And there were some, I would even, I'm going to jump to the end here a little bit. There were even some anti-wave film moments in this film. The the sequence where um, Colin, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colin Farrell gets out of the, he, he leaves this small, uh, like a, assembly, like a, for women empowerment workers, uh, like kind of a, a little get together. What am I trying to say? Like a. Uh, not a not a march, but like, like a, a rally. A rally. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And he gets into his car and he drives to his house or his his headquarters, and it's all one. You're shot. You're taking my money shot right now, Robert. Go and ahead. It's a, it's a really, I love it that you're on board with the same shot. It's an unbroken shot. I've for never maybe seen a scene like minutes. that in a conventional Hollywood movie. Right. And they literally they had two locations and they drove. You could tell they just drove down the street and they said, "Cool, we've got this other location." You could actually see the neighborhood start to change. Yes, it was yes. really interesting. Yes, it was. And, and the rally took place in like not a ghetto area, but a place that's culturally deprived. Right. Let's just say that empty lot, there you overgrown. Go. And then it's one shot with a camera mounted on the hood. Yeah. I think mounted on the hood, and we don't even see their faces, but we hear dialogue right. as it goes. And then all of a sudden, we see this mansion filled with flowers and roses and gardens and the the juxtaposition of the two worlds that was really a great shot so there's some really nice film yes. moments yes. in this film um i also gotta say robert duvall is always fucking awesome he's always great and uh he does drop an n-bomb yeah. in the middle of the movie yeah, he does and it it's funny because he drops the n-bomb before anything anything else really violent has happened. So it's kind of like, uh, oh, ooh, wow, the racy. And then people just start getting murdered left and right, and you start to forget about the fact that the, the only time that someone says the word nigger is by a white guy uh, with all this power. And so you, you know not to like him, but then a lot of the, the black characters have a lot of really despicable qualities as well. Right, right. So it's not really a race film. I mean, this is definitely a gender film. It's not talking about race. Uh, so it, it it's also a class film. It's definitely talking about class structures and class determinism and this this guy who's trying to get out of his poverty level. Uh, I, I think it's definitely talking about that. It's it's really trying to skip concepts of race. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Made by a black filmmaker who's right. talking about those issues. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I- weeks ago, Robert, you and I happened to watch the trailer. We're watching another film. And I remember you leaned over and said, I really want to see this. And it looked like it was really going to be a damn good movie. And it was um, disappointing. It was. Just disappointing. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. No. I don't think I would say that. But um, I'm not eager to to watch it again anytime soon. Um, Yeah, I suppose if it was on in the background. But it, it does have some... Uh, some independent flair. I, I, I guess I would go so far as to say it's anti-wave. Um, and I, is it ultimately anti-wave? What do you think, Ira? Is okay. it anti? You right. Should we talk about it being anti-wave? Yeah. I have a, a list of five reasons why it is an anti-wave film. Okay. And here are my five. And I'm wondering how you're going to react to my first point. Okay, go. It's going to sound racist, but here we go. The movie Ira, is... you just talking sounds racist. Ah! So. Thank you. I, I, I work hard at making that happen. Uh, it's a largely black cast. And I want to suggest that that quality alone no. is anti-wave because Hollywood it. movies, Hollywood movies in the 50s, the 60s, that this is different done by a black director. Don't you make, does that make it a little bit anti-wave? No. I, I mean, think it does. Uh, the col- I think it does. The color purple. Uh, 
uh, even Steve McQueen's film, The Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, those are those are Hollywood films. I, uh, Let me move on to my number two, female driven. You don't buy that either. No. Let's move on to my number three. This is going to sound somewhat offensive, also, but that uh, the lead character is not particularly attractive, Viola Davis. Can you see that as being yes. a little bit good? So I'll so go far, there. I got one out of three. But she's a. I mean. I would also say like Meryl Streep is not traditionally attractive, and yet she's in Hollywood films, right. you know? Right, yeah. But I'm saying that with the old conventional way of thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, and I do embrace that as a bit anti-wave. She was incredible in the movie. She's a damn good actress. We know that. But not overly attractive in the traditional sense of the word. Yeah, she's, that she's gives a an middle-aged woman. Edge. You know, she's, yeah. not, she's not a young starlet. That's not the, the focus of our attention right yeah. all right let me move on to my my fourth reason why it's anti-wave okay no one in this movie was good we had thugs we had goons we had really bad thugs and then the good people turned to be thugs at the end the only person who was a good guy was the driver the, the white driver whose yeah. ring was taken off he was a good guy but virtually everyone else but in this wasn't film, he selling drugs yes he was everyone in this film was either a thug or a goon or turned into a or turned into a thief into a thief like our band of women did isn't that interesting that is anti-wave let's let's really think about this were there any characters that had redeemable elements to society i would say we're getting into peripheral characters the woman who owned the hair salon was probably a good member to society right, right. now may, maybe she did something kind of shady of kicking money back to get her business started uh, although it didn't seem to be uh illegal but maybe maybe it was but i would still say she's trying to be a good business owner she's trying to get her business started Agreed. and i don't think i would put her in the bad cat camp for that i agree i agree okay okay so so far you're buying uh you're you're buying into my reasons number three and my reason number four and then my fifth reason considering it to be anti-wave is some unusual shots like yeah. you spoke about the no, camera go there, on the William. hood, yeah. that that too has a almost like an art film, yeah. different energy to it. Not a traditional Hollywood movie. Of your Those five arguments, five, you're with that, me on your fifth three. is the best. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, it. The fifth is the most convincing. What do you think as an anti-wave? Uh, I would say, first of all, they unnecessarily dropped an end bomb in the middle of the movie. They could have easily gotten away with not saying. Uh, that's a little abrupt for me. I, I feel like. If it was a movie about slavery, if it was a movie that was directly talking about race, then I think you can get away with it a little bit more. Or Tarantino can get away with it a little bit more. Although, I think Tarantino is kind of more anti-wave, right? He kind of, he's the king of anti-wave. He can get away with so much. Um, I also think there's a lot of domestic violence in this movie. There were a lot of people smacked around. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. the... When we first see the blonde girl. The blonde she's girl, got a, she's a got, got the big eye. bruise. And, and there's a threat of, she kind of mouths off a little bit and her boyfriend, husband or whatever kind of grabs a, hey, you know, kind of like, you, know, you want another one? And kind of implies that. Right. And then later on, her mom smacks her. Right. And right. then later on, Viola Davis smacks her. And then she smacks sure. Viola Davis back. Yeah. And then Liam Neeson smacks Viola Davis. Right. So there's a lot of smacking going on in this movie. Maybe from the 1940s, that kind of classic Hollywood cinema, that might be a little bit more common. But by today's standards, I don't That's think you'd see funny. too much domestic yeah. violence like yeah. that. Um, 
I really like what you're saying. I don't I don't think any of these characters were really redeemable. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I thought long and hard about that. They were all thugs or they became criminals at the end. Yeah. Even the good people became criminals at the end. Everyone was mean and nasty with their own agenda. Is that true? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I'm trying I can't think of anybody that, that didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm having to just think about peripheral characters. Yeah. Well, there was one Okay, we'll fit, there's a curious scene I want to ask you about. Sure. But as far as the anti-wave, do you want to give that a score, how you feel about that? I, I, <sighs> you go first on this one. I mean, you've got... Uh, say, but look, you've got Colin Farrell. You've got Robert Duvall. You've got Viola Davis. That's a Hollywood. You've got Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, come on. That, that's, that's a big argument to say yeah. that it's not anti-wave. Right. It definitely follows the three-act structure. It was predictable in nature to the point where we both You and I, independently it. of one another, got the big aha. And it's end. got this, this big twist that wasn't much of a big twist um the good guy quote unquote uh, look our protagonist i shouldn't say good guy because it's neither good nor a guy but our protagonist gets away with it in the end um i don't know go on i know what you're gonna say what you're gonna give it a 4.7 i because i feel like anything under a five is not anti-wave well then you'll give it a 5.3 yeah that's about right yeah a little over a five yeah yeah is it a good movie? I don't know. It, 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 I was on board, but man, driving home, I thought, wait a minute. I, I rethought things. There were plot holes. If this was his passion project, he, he really he should have called, had more passion. He actually called it that. Yeah. In that. He did say that. Yeah, he called it that. More right. passion, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing, that's for sure. Was it a good movie? I don't know, but it was disappointing. I would say it's... it's good acting. Let's acknowledge that. Look, I've always said this, in, in even the worst of films, yeah. you can find some really interesting beats. You can find some really interesting concepts and, and ideas. And I think there's some really interesting ones in this film. I think, ultimately, <coughs> I want to give this film like a perfect 50-50 in terms of it being a good or bad movie. I want to give it a C, right down the middle. I agree. Uh, but I think I would have to err on giving it a slightly more positive review than negative re- mm-hmm. review because it's a... Um, because it does have a few interesting elements that are worth checking out. I so agree with you. And again, I did check the IMDb uh, scores only after I com- uh, I put my own thoughts together. And again, the ratings there were out of 10. A lot of 8s and 9s and a lot of 2s. It went Like what it's we're split. saying right now, it's reflecting us right now. That some people liked it and thought it really delivered and others didn't. I'm in the middle. I think uh, here's the problem. It. If you know the the language of cinema, then you're not going to be happy with the writing. You're not going to be happy with the. If if you know the language of cinema, you'll be very happy with the way it, that it's shot. It's very stylized, and you'll be happy with the acting because there's some really good moments there. Um, if you aren't familiar with the language of cinema, then well said, well said. You'll be on board for a ride. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's if, it. You'll if, be on board if you're not for a used ride. to these kinds of films, yeah. if you haven't seen that many films uh, that have these kind of double crosses and heists and that kind of stuff and if you're really on board with that kind of message yeah I think you're going to love this film right hey Robert there's one scene that was peculiar to me and I want to ask your take on this and it was when the Lata- Michelle Rodriguez goes to the home of that yeah let's talk about this scene okay. uh, will you please set it up and then I want to ask why was it what did I it said se- the same Hi, thing Robert alright leave your wife Michelle and hang Rodriguez. out with me we can cuddle I know alright Michelle Rodriguez just lost her 
husband, right? So yep. she's grieving. Yep. And she's trying to find out. She's been tasked by Viola Davis to find out where this, uh, this blueprint is so they, they can go rob it. they got to kind of figure it out. That's right. So she tracks down the, who she thinks might be the architect. And then she f- discovers that it's actually the architect's wife. So she goes to his house and she kind of poses as someone from his company and is like, oh, I need to find out some information and everything. And, and then he, he figures out that she's lying to him because she doesn't know that his wife had just died. Right. Like four months earlier. Right. And they sit down on the couch and when he tells her that, like, every, you're lying to me because everyone at the company knows my wife died four months ago, which is a pretentious thing to fucking say. I, I would... If anyone in my life died, how would I just assume that everyone knew what was going on with me? Like, that, that's a very pretentious thing to say. Okay. But all right, maybe he says it. Maybe he knows it. All right, we'll forgive that. And then she gets punched in the gut because, she's, uh, because she just lost her husband. Which I like. I like that moment where I she's kind of like, oh, fuck, man. Uh, I, I just lost my husband. Great. Nice acting. But then they start making out. we should say they're out. on the couch. They start should, making out. Yeah. What the fuck is that? They, they kiss and it's a passionate kiss. And then she just bolts She and breaks it off and leaves. And I can, I can almost I, feel like I was on set, which is like there was, it's almost like the actors came up with it and they said, hey, what if we did this? Because who knows, when you're grieving, people do all sorts of strange things. And I get that. Okay, yes, people do all sorts of strange things. But why are we watching that? Ultimately, it had no purpose it didn't. in the movie. It, it All it served was to distract. And it was... It was it made us raise our eyebrows like, what the fuck? Agreed. Yes, it's Agreed. possible to happen. Yeah. But why? Yeah. Why, are we, why do we care about that? Yeah. It, it was masturbation. Yeah. It, was, it was actor masturbation. Agreed. Agreed. Had to ask you about that scene. It felt, you know what it felt like? It felt like we were watching a, a, an improv scene in a Hollywood student, acting class. I was going to say a student art film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Anti-wave money shots that we didn't already speak about i think i gotta go with the big money shot of colin farrell driving back to his house and that camera swinging from the left side of the frame with all of the uh, awful kind of rundown parts of chicago and then swinging to the right and seeing all of the the rich uh you know um buildings as you were talking about with the roses and and well well crafted manicured lawns um I wonder if that if, if that swing of the camera was done some like as some sort of political commentary, like left side, right side. Oh my god, like I didn't that. even think of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, or yeah. if that's kind of retroactive thinking or what. But right, right. Uh, it was a very interesting shot because it, it was, was so long and it was so. The dialogue was it became almost inconsequential the to the dialogue shot. Dialogue almost didn't matter to the shot. And again, we don't see the figures in the car, do we? No. We don't see their, sh- even though shot, it's hard to make them out, but we just see the roof of the car. And it had some That's balls. I like that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Me I too. also really liked the shot of, uh, I, I, I forgive my, my ignorance of his name, but the, the guy from Get Out, the, the really bad, heavy guy yeah. who was murdering everyone. And uh, again, spoiler alert, he dies. The way that he died was really... Interesting. I like that. How he he steals the truck from them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're certainly mentioning my money shot with the hood shot. Um, I thought it was pretty riveting too when the goons go to the crippled guy in the bowling alley. <laughs> that sequence. Yeah. Uh, okay. I would agree. I, I was on board. I was on board, and I was feeling his pain. So uh, yeah, those were a couple of my money shots. The crippled guy, huh? 
You're very sensitive. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not PC. I think I'll write a Christmas song. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All just, right. Disappointing. With that, with that, it was with those actors. It wasn't there you go. bad. With that director and those actors, it could it have been, been a more, more. nifty yeah. movie, and it wasn't. Well put. Wow. What Woo. a downer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I guess the only thing that's going to bring me up is to find out who died this week. Are you saying, are you saying it's time for God to tell you? Unfortunately, we must. The following people they didn't turn to dust. No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> but let's do it anyway. Who died? We're gonna do it anyway. It's a short list, so I'm really putting out a call hey, to all week. you industry people to hurry up and die, so I can talk about you next week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the following people passed away this week. Uh, Philip Bosco, 88 year old American actor. He did a lot of theater and he actually won a Tony. He was in Lend Me a Tenor. That was a big play in its day. He was in Working Girl, My Best Friend's Wedding. I Googled him. He was in a lot of movies. He's dead. Uh, we lost 80 year old <laughs> Jeffrey Murphy, a New Zealand film director, and he did Young Guns 2 and then also Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. Did you see Young Guns 2? I didn't. Did you? Yeah, it's good. Well, the director died. Uh, did you see the original one, The Young Guns? No. Did you, you? see the one? No. They're both really good. Are they? They hold up. So the sequel well, I don't is know almost as up. good as the original. Wow. They're, they're good. I really yeah. like Young Guns too. It's and not as good as Young Guns 1, but it's good. Got it. And you know, for the first time, regarding the passing of Kirk Douglas... The first time? I'm putting him in the dead corner. He's getting the dead corner spotlight award. Wow. And I think it's the first time we're giving it to Kirk. And you know why? Why? He did a lot. Wow. Okay, what did he it. do? I don't know. Some lot of stuff. Go look him up. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> You're so sensitive, Ira. Whatever. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to play a game? A game? Yeah, man. I like games. All right. This game is called You're Dead to Me. All right. So producer Joey has selected a uh, an actor, actress, filmmaker, something like that. And we have to guess what film that they pulled out of. They pulled out of. So figuratively, they're dead. They're no right. longer alive in the project. So right so now... So she's going to give us the, the, the actor, actress, director, whatever. In this case, the, f- the first one she's got up there is Anne Hathaway. We're looking at Anne Hathaway. So we're going to need to so figure out wh- what project it was. severed from something. Right. So, so she's, she's going to give us a little description of the film. And we've got to figure out well, what it was that she was associated with and then what it was. All right. So she says... It was a fun-loving pothead and a recently promoted reporter deal with a pregnancy after a one-night stand. Oh, I know what this is. Is it? Knocked up. I was just... I talked about that last week. Is it knocked? Was she the lead? She was originally cast? Wow. I can't... Yeah, good good one. That's interesting. I think... They made the right choice, ultimately. Instead of Catherine Heigl instead instead. of Anne Hathaway? Well... What would that have been like? I don't know. It would have been different... That's real interesting. I wonder if she po- uh, were there creative differences. Mm. Maybe she didn't want to be knocked up. That maybe, honey. Yeah. It's on the title right there. <laughs> Read the title. It's called Knocked Up. That's interesting. She didn't like the birthing scene. Really? Oh, oh and get over it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And All right. next one is Sylvester Stallone. Oh, this is going to be good. Sylvester Stallone's been attached to every fucking movie ever. You know, ever, that's so, so true. Uh, you know, whatever she describes is certainly going to be something that... You know, I was just reading about Terminator, and he was actually considered yeah, I'm sure. to be yeah, Arnold's part that. in Terminator. Yeah. I was just reading that. Okay, what does that say? A freewheeling Detroit cop. That's all you need. I already know what this is. So, a freewheeling Detroit cop. Wait, wait. Can I see uh, no, the No, I got it. Please? I got I know it. you have it, but can I see the Beverly rest? Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah, that's there right. You go. I read that too. Yeah, he was supposed to be the lead. Yeah. What, yeah. what was the rest of the description? Description. Let me go ahead and read it. A freewheeling Detroit cop. Let me just lost it. Come back up. 
pursuing a murder investigation, finds himself dealing with a very different culture of Beverly Hills. Didn't even need to see that. Just needed to see a freewheeling Detroit. Can you name another movie That's interesting about that they went a Detroit the cop? I can name one. Oh, I know. What? Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Wait. Eric Stoltz. Let me see if I can guess it without even you giving I think the I know. I know. What? I know it. What? It's the movie with Cher. Isn't that right? And He, he was in that movie. Oh, wait. That's, I, some, who was pushed out of it? Somebody else was in that film they pushed. I, uh, I don't know. But you know what I mean. I okay. do. Yes. Okay. No. She's going to say Back to the Future. Oh, that's right. They actually shot footage with him. Yeah. And it wasn't Was working. that what it was? Yes. That's great, I didn't even see the description. That's great. That's great. Yep. How about that? Yeah. It wasn't working. So. They actually shot footage of him. Yes. I and, just said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. I just said they actually shot footage of and him. And you know, it survives in the movie. There's even a scene where um, it's of Biff and it's where he punches him in the, the diner and it's kind of an over the shoulder and they went back and I did interviews and found out uh, that the guy who, the actor who played Biff was like, yeah, they never called me back in to sh- reshoot that scene. And you could tell from the blinds and the background and stuff that it's slightly different. <sighs> and he's like, yeah, you could find some clips on YouTube of it. And he's like, yeah, that, that's Eric Stoltz that, that was hitting me. Because we never reshot that. that my, so- my angle. We, they only reshot Eric's, or they only shot, um, uh, what's it, I'm about to call him Marty McFly. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael J. Mike, Fox. Michael J. Fox's angle. They never right. shot the guy. That's who real Biff. interesting. They want to bring the actor who played Biff back because so he's so Eric weird. Stoltz has a little cameo. That's great. But what? That's you know what? That's more insulting than not being in the film at all. Kind of the fact he's in it just for that one beat. Yeah. And I'd love to see the footage that they shot with him. You, I think you can find some Michael. online. I would love to see that. It's just not. It's, it it's not peppy. And yeah. you can tell they made the right call. They didn't want Eric Stoltz to begin with. They wanted Michael J. Fox to begin with, but they Oh, his conflict him. on family yeah. ties family was ties. a big issue. Right. And so they had to shoot nights and things like that. Right. And they right. had to work around his schedule and, and they like begged to get him. But they started shooting with Eric Stoltz and they were just like, look, you're good. You're just, you're not right for this. And I think they, I, you see the footage and you're like, yeah, it just doesn't, right. it doesn't pop the same way that. Marty, I keep calling him Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Well, they're one. He embodies that character. He does. Right. That's a compliment to him. And the DeLorean has to go eighty-eight miles an hour. Oh, is it eighty-eight miles an hour? Yeah. You come knew that. on. Of you course. Knew that. What do you, you knew? That's that. not even trivia. Of course you knew that. Come on. Okay. What do you got? Harvey Keitel. Huh. You might get this one before I. Harvey uh, Keitel. What did he? Yeah. What was he? Not okay. Now in? we're going to see the. Description reads: During the Vietnam War, a captain is sent. Oh, okay. Captain is sent on a dangerous mission into Cambodia to assassinate renegade Apocalypse Colonel. Apocalypse now. Yeah, who has he was, set himself up? He was up. slated to be the lead. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And of course, very famously on Apocalypse Now, Martin Sheen. I mean, it, they had all sorts of trouble, and you know, know, had a heart attack. He had a heart and, attack. Uh, typhoon. Busted his hand open in yep. that one scene, That's and right. they they left it in the film. You know where he busts his hand on the right, mirror? Right, Yeah. I assume it was Mar- his, uh, machine, Marty Martin Sheen? Sheen's part, and it wasn't Marlon Brando's part that Harvey Keitel was going to play. Yeah, I'm sure. We made this assumption, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Hey, that was good. I like this game. Producer Joey. Producer Joey. You're dead to me. Yep. All right, moving Robert. on. Just kidding. Hmm. You got you know, a couple more, more months until the baby Having out. my baby. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You know, I played that song for her just the other day. Did you really? Yeah. Did she, had, you, she didn't now, know it. And now I played that song it? for her. 
It was a big song yeah. in the late 60s, right? Uh, Early 70s? 70s, yeah. yeah. I think it was 70s. I don't think that's how the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you want to do some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five badass bitches. Oh, is this going to be fun? Yeah, man. It was hard to narrow it down to five. All right. You want me to go first? You go first. All right. So my number five top five badass bitch was Chopper from Stand By Me. Remember the dog and they're all trying to get away from that bitch and the dog is trying to you know, chomp at them? I want to say something. What? I worked so hard to come up with a dog. Robert, I really wanted to find a, a dog. That fit this, well, a dog I, being a bitch. I've got Chopper. I've yeah, got Hercules from Sandlot. Wait, you're I've kidding. I've got Cujo. But I think you're cu- kidding. You're, I'm seeing a smile on your face. Oh. But you know me well enough yeah. that I really played with that word bitch and tried to come up with, yeah, I kept thinking, you know, uh, Lady and the Tramp? Come on, i got to <laughs> come up with something. That's not a badass bitch. I know, I know. No. Go ahead. Okay. All right, so my number five um, is from a movie that I, I don't know if you've seen or not, but I think you would really, really like it. You'd like it for several reasons. Uh, I used to own it, but I think somebody took it from me. I think I think I said that to someone else, and then they took the movie, and I haven't seen it since. From 2002, uh, the characters Anne-Marie from the movie Blue Crush. Have you seen Blue Crush? I sure know of it. I've never seen it. I think you would actually really enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. And um, it's it's a, about these girls, one girl in particular who's uh, all, like a semi-professional surfer, and she's has to go out into the big, big waves on the islands of Hawaii and kind of surf with the big boys. And so she kind of has to be a badass bitch to get out there and surf with the big boys. Wow. And it's it's actually really well acted, and it's beautifully shot. You're also looking at, you know, girls in bikinis the whole time. Is she in a bikini? Yeah, the whole, a bikini? Time. the whole time. And not a wetsuit, but an actual bikini? I think she might. No, she's not going to be in a wetsuit because that's when you're cold. That's to protect you from when it's cold. She's in Hawaii. So she's always in a bikini or like one of those little rash tops, you know, the rash guard tops. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. It's eye candy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about that. Ah. Joy. I, 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 just, I just know what Ira likes. Yeah. Having my bitch. Anyway, she's a really good badass bitch. It's a great movie. And uh, it's, it's a movie that you would not suspect that I would like unless you really know me. And then you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you have it here? I used to, but somebody took it. Somebody, Somebody stole you didn't get it, from it back. Yeah. I hate it when people do that. Me too. When they borrow DVDs and don't return them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're really good about that. I am. I'm anal compulsive. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, how's that? Uh, not that you owe it back to me, but how's that book going? The book I gave you for your birthday. I was waiting for you. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring that up two months ago. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I read the first chapter about the baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was really good. We'll check in with you to see how uh, about the first chapter. How, how the, the next story goes. I'm surprised you didn't bring that up sooner. It's on my coffee. It's right. It's next on my nightstand. It's next. <laughs> yeah, it's next. <laughs> All right. What's your number five? My number five, Sarah Connor. Sarah yeah, Connor. I knew this is going to be know, Linda life. Hamilton, Terminator. We should say that uh, Arnold. Now wait a minute. A ro- Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Ar- let me just say that Arnold is a robot, and he's um sent back in time from the future because Sarah's uh, son is going to be a scientist who's going to fight and lead the rebellion against the machines. So he's got to kill Sarah. Are you picking Sarah Connor from the first one or the second one? You know, I thought about that. I'm comfortable with the first one. Really? Well, why? Because I don't think she's a badass bitch in the first one. I I think she's a badass. She's a badass in the second one. I should go back and watch them. In the first one, she's just 
she's just running. I mean, she's just kind of a. Um, I mean, in the 1980s, a lot of the the female characters were really always protected by the male character, and they just kind of ran. And it was always the male who right. was doing everything. And Michael Bean. Michael more... Bean was in that movie protecting her the entire time. That's right. In the sequel, the second one, she's more proactive. Now she's the protector. She's the one that's protecting her. You son. know what? I'm changing to Terminator Two. Yeah. T two. I think you should, man. I'm T two. I'm going to thank you for that. And um, It's called Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Judgment Day. And uh, Linda Hamilton, two. who was, uh, she was married to James Cameron. Yeah. Tumultuous. I did some research. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm. Real tumultuous. I keep forgetting that James Cameron's first wife is Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Isn't that, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Is I it? Know. I don't know. Okay. All right. That's my number five. Number four for me. Um movie that I, I love a lot and I don't bring up on this podcast enough from 1994 Matilda from the movie Leon this is the 12 year old girl who winds up going out on, on some hits with Leon I also want to point out she takes guns into the DEA's office with the intent to kill them <laughs> I think it's a pretty badass move on it I'm on it right? I agree I think so yeah yeah. I think you gotta give She's it to She's a her. bad I hate calling the little girl a bitch but she is kind of bitchy. She, well, she does have her moments as well, but I, she's a badass. Nice choice. Thanks, man. Nice choice. Yep. Yet she's so sensitive at the end when she plants the flower in the well, pot of plants. Plant. She's grown. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Are you saying she evolved as a human being? Possibly. Nah. What do you got? What's your number four? I mentioned this movie to you once before. When I remember our top five was um, bitches that need to be fucked. Remember that one? And I'm putting this down for my number four. I'm stealing from that because this is a badass bitch, an attack of the 50-foot woman, the original 1958. <laughs> I want to say that here it's a very it's it's um it's was it Roger Corman yeah. did this movie, and in the climax, the last 20 minutes, she's got a philandering husband. She gets huge. It, it's like a, a parody <laughs> of the Amazing Colossal Man. She's stomping around the city looking for her husband, screaming out his name. She's stomping on bullets. I should say that she's wearing sheets. And it's like a bikini on her, where it's quite suggestive. And she's screaming his name, screaming his name, killing people, stomping all over the place. She grabs her husband, and then she gets electrocuted by some power lines. The last shot is her dead husband in her hand. She got her man. That is one hell of a badass bitch. <laughs> I just like listening to you describe that. That was great. I was enraptured. Uh, your turn. My number three is a movie, I, uh, another movie that I don't know that you've seen, but man, um, this was a, uh, this was, a, you know what? This is uh, 10 years later. The equivalent to Blue Crush. This is basically what it was, but it was a fantasy. Oh, kind of a fantasy. 2011's, uh, the character is Baby Doll from the movie Sucker Punch. Did you ever see Sucker Punch? I never saw that. that that's a good movie. That's a hot movie. Producer Joy didn't like it. What's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's saying that you would love it. Uh, do you have a copy? I don't. Why not? I don't know. Okay. But I need to get one. Yeah. Now we know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Sucker Punch is really a... Uh, it's good. It's good in the sense that it shows badass bitches, and especially Baby Doll. It's really sexy. It's also very very violent. I'm not sure how great of a story it makes. You know, it's kind of a... It's a fantasy story. Uh, so I think you've got to go in with a little bit of uh, suspension of disbelief. But Baby Doll, the main character, is 
is I mean they they kill everybody and uh, it's a good movie. Wow, check it out. It's basically the 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 concept is that there these girls are in a mental institution and they basically have to create these characters to mentally escape from some of the the awful things that are happening to them in this mental institution. Wait, so it's their imagination, right? So we're tripping out watching their imagination come to be. Yes. And so as someone does something awful to them, they become kind of the boss of a certain level. They have to kill off all these uh, enemies and then they get to the main boss and they square off with the boss mentally. It's kind of interesting. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I I don't know that I would say it's a good movie, but you'd like it. (laughs) What are you suggesting? It's a lot of very skimpy outfits. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No wetsuits, but bikinis. Mm. A lot of of role-playing stuff. Cool. All right. My number three, I want you to guess. It was a... We spoke about it once before. I talked to you about it. It was a part of a huge franchise. There were five segments. The first one came out in 2002. And with uh, Mila Jovovich. Jovovich? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. Yeah, she is. It's a popcorn movie. But it's really... For what it is, it's it's entertaining. It yeah. does what it's supposed to do, and it does it very well. And she certainly is a, a badass bitch in that film, in the entire franchise. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about my number two. And I want to point out that this is the second film by Luc Besson that's on my list. And I think if you were just to run down a list of all Luc Besson movies, you would encounter badass bitch after badass bitch. Um, you have you have Matilda from Leon. You also have uh, Scarlett Johansson's character Lucy from Lucy. Right. You have um, uh, the character, the, the actress you just mentioned. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mila, Mila Jovovich Mila. Yeah. from uh, Resident Evil. From well, she was oh in, as Lilu in, uh, in Fifth Fifth Element. That's right. She was That's, also and she was a badass bitch in that film. She too. was. Uh, you also have uh, the Joan of Arc movie that that was a. Joan, the story of Ark or whatever that, that movie was. Right. She was a badass bitch in that movie. What's the... Columbiana? You you got that movie that Luc Besson wrote and executive this produced? This is interesting. You're suggesting that Luc Besson has a thing for badass women. Absolutely. Absolutely. And does. you've left one out, haven't you, which is going to be your next number. Yes. And I'm wondering which one you left out. Mm. I'll give you a hint. It's yeah. from 1990. Wow. It's a French film. A French film, 1990. Say it. The name of the character is in the title. What letters to start with? The movie yeah, or the, the name? Movie. Well, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I thought you... Oh. La Femme Nikita. Wow. I like the poster. Yeah. No, I really do. Yeah. I like that poster. I know you Google do. the poster, everyone. Yeah, so La Femme Nikita is uh, about a, a, a badass bitch who basically is uh, given a choice to either get sentenced to death for her crimes because she's you know been part of a murder or get rehabilitated into this kind of special agent program. So she's not left with much of a choice and they force her to this program and they teach her how to be a lady and how to be uh, become more sane, basically. And after they train her for several years, they then take her out into the world and she has to become this kind of operative for the French government. I need to see that film. I've never seen it. I'm aware of it. You're going home with it tonight, buddy. You have it? Oh, yeah. Do you happen to know the actress who plays? I can't recall her name. It's probably French. No. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 She's French. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good. I'm going home with that? Yeah. And you know that I actually didn't mind... Can I leave now? (laughs) I didn't mind the American remake. 
uh, point right. of no return. That's right. That's right. And which it was, I it was did all right. see. Yeah, that's right. And I think nice. I think Harvey Keitel was in that movie too. Speaking of Harvey Keitel, yeah, there you go. But let's talk about Luc Besson, Besson and his pre- preoccupation, his his obsession. Yes, his obsession with badass women. I wonder if he needs therapy. I mean, you could say whatever you want, but that's he's definitely he likes got that. that element. I wonder if he's happily married. I think he's been married like three or four times. There you go. He was married to Mila Jovovich for a while. That's right. Yeah. It's all starting to make sense, isn't it? Yeah. He goes through more women than handkerchiefs. Then, yeah. yeah. All right. My number. That's really good, Robert. Don't forget to give it to me before I leave. I will. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'm sure you will. What do you got? All right. My number two. It's There are two movies. And what's unique about them is that they were known as, here's your big hint, mm. volume one, volume two. Kill Bill. Yeah. 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 Uma. Yeah. Uma, there are set, uh, I've, let me say 2003, 2004 volume. Did volume two come out first? No. No, no. Okay, Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, and there were these, and Lucy Liu, of course, certainly helped make it happen. But right. my God, there were these set pieces in that film. Yeah, they were great. They were so well orchestrated and elaborate and over the top. And her character was just the bride. That was her character because mm-hmm. the very beginning, it was her wedding. And the thugs come in and, and kill her, her, the man she's going to marry, and all the bridesmaids, everyone gets slaughtered at the beginning, and that's her motivation that takes us through these films. I think it's pretty incredible stuff, and um, it's it's certainly, uh, what's his name, at his best. What's his name? Yeah, Tarantino. Okay. Didn't think I'd get it, did you? Yeah. Th- no, yeah, I just thought yeah, you'd yeah, say... Fuck your drinking game. I just thought you'd say Tarantanto. <laughs> that's my number two, Irma. Uma. I think... Uma Thurman. I think what yeah. would be interesting is if... I can guess your number one, and if you can you guess my number one. You won't get mine. No? You're going to be really proud of my number one. Okay. Right. My no- you no. won't get it. I did not go mainstream. Okay. Like I do All right. others. I, I'm surprised then. Yeah, I know. I like it when you're surprised. All I right. saved my... But maybe I can guess your number... I don't know. What's my number one? I don't know. Give us a hint. Come on, man. I, I don't even think you need a hint here. Really? Yeah. Oh! What? Am I looking at the poster? Yes, you are. Well, I thought you weren't going to include that anymore. That's, all right. Well... We're cheating on that rule. We are both cheating but on I've, that rule. But I've not even mentioned this in a top five because the movie that I'm going to be talking about is from 2015, Mad Max Fury Road, and the badass bitch would be Furiosa, Charlize Theron's character. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I thought. Well, Road Warrior is my favorite film. Uh, so, yeah, know. but I'm looking Those at a different huge movies poster of... Um, all right. All right. Go ahead and tell us why. Well, she's a badass bitch. She's yeah, she great really in that is. movie. She's incredible in that film. Yeah. She's amazing. It's an amazing film. It really is a beautifully shot film. Um, it works, man. I, as a fan of the franchise, I think we were. I, I think a lot of people were. A lot of the diehards were prepared to be disappointed. And I mean, it, you've it, when you come back to a franchise after like a thirty-year hiatus, you better deliver. And he does. Uh, you know, Miller really brought back the whole franchise well. Tom Hardy did did a really great job. Everybody was really good. I'd love to see a documentary on the making of that film. I'm Is sure it on? I'm sure Blu-ray? they ha- I haven't seen one, but I'm sure there are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the look of it, the production values, mm. everything about that movie. Yeah, she's incredible. Well, I'm surprised that your number one is not Ripley from Aliens. You know what? And of course, I have it on my scoop. And the only reason I didn't include it is because we've been talking a lot about it lately. Yeah, we have. We've been overdoing it. She's great. Of I course think she is. It's... Well, by the way, would it be Ripley or the Alien? 
The alien was also a badass bitch. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, that's a famous that's line. Yeah. That's a famous line. So that could go either way. It could be the actual Sigourney Weaver or the actual alien. Yeah, that's good. I entertain both of those. And I think I would say that if you're going to, if you were going to include her, you would have to do the aliens. Al- you, I don't think you could say alien because I don't think Sigourney Weaver was a, a badass in the first one. Agreed. She became a badass in the second one. Right. But if you're going to go with the first alien movie and make your choice the alien character, then you could do the first one because it's real apparent that it is female. The logo was that or- that green egg that was like the logo. No, but I think the egg is where is the where alien. it came from. Right, right. It was an alien, so I'm but I don't know the, that it's female. The mother alien gave birth to. Well, but the well, mother, okay. mother alien wasn't really present. I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, but I sure entertained it. But I thought, all right, enough of Sigourney. Yeah. We've talked a lot about her. Lately. I just feel so shameful to be talking about badass bitches and not to mention Sigourney Weaver. Right. To, to not right. mention Ripley right. in the middle of that. Right. Yeah, right. How but, can you not? All right. Let's go for it. No one, think, said, that, no one said this has to be a definitive list. So, all right. It's just our our favorites. So, fuck it. You're going to be pleased. It's a movie we never spoke about. Yep. And uh, there were two movies. Grindhouse. Do you know where I'm going? Uh, Planet Terror. That's right. That's right. There were two. There's Planet Terror and there's also Death Proof. That right. was the other one. Uh, one directed by Rodriguez, the other one by Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And this actress happened to be in both of the films. Are you familiar? She played the part of Cherry Darling and she's um, um, uh, McGowan is her last Rose name. Rose McGowan. You know who she is. Are you kidding me? You know who she is. Iris, she's at the forefront of the Me Too movement. How has she not indicted you yet? Okay, now, I want to say, the look of this film was very clever because it goes back to the 50s with these uh, B-movies. And as you well know, the movies, both movies, had trailers for other films. They were scratchy. They looked weathered and worn and even falling out of the sprockets. They made it look like it was part of a double bill back in the 50s, B-movies. And the movie I'm referring to specifically is in Planet Terror, where she played the part of a woman missing a leg and had a fucking machine gun. Yeah, That is fucking badass. Pretty good. I'll give that to you. you. That was nice. Thank you. Thank you. What? What? I feel like you're about to say something. I'm in admiration right now. You are? Really? Yeah. I've got Robert's admiration? No, not really. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah. That's it. There was something about... I saw it in the theater when it first came out. You know what, Ira? Those are 10 badass bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can we mention a few others? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, do you have others? I do. I have... uh, I I had Sarah Connor. I had Ripley from Aliens. Uh, I also wanted to mention a couple people that that made my short list that... um, that I'd really like to mention was Diana from the movie Girl Fight. That was also a Michelle Rodriguez movie. And if you ever saw Girl Fight, she was really good. Badass, That's her right. first film right. ever. She was really good right. in that movie. She's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, she has. Yeah. Uh, and also from a movie that we reviewed, I think this was back when we were still Money Shot podcast, but um, X-23 from the movie Logan. And that was the little girl who was murdering ah, everybody. She was a real badass That's bitch. really nice, Robert. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you got? Yeah. These are some, these, a few of these might be questionable, even like uh, Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. Ooh, at nice, the end, and nice. Then she becomes, and I thought even Glenn Close in 2001 Dalmatians, because she does. Yeah. yeah. She does become that caricature. DeVille, was that her last Corella name? DeVille. DeVille. She becomes badass. I wanted to get, go back at like movies in the 50s and 60s. I thought about Shelley Winters and Bloody Mama. Yeah. I don't know All if right. you ever saw that. I never saw it, but I know of it. And I also thought about Raquel Welsh in One Million Years BC only because I really like the poster. Okay. Um, but was she a badass in that movie? Who cares? I like the poster. Charlize <laughs> Theron in Atomic Great. Blonde. We saw that yeah. together. She was certainly yeah. bad. Angelina Jolie in Salt. 
She was badass. And so it goes. I mentioned Sigourney Weaver. Hillary Swank in, in Million Dollar Baby, you know, a fighter. She was certainly badass. Pam Greer in a couple movies. Foxy Brown. Yeah. Remember that? She was badass. And then Cleopatra Jones. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cleopatra Jones. And even um, Jackie Brown. Right. And Scarlett Johansson, Ghost in a Shell. But I don't remember anything in that movie, as I mentioned a few weeks ago. But that character was a badass for what that was. But those are some of my scoops. I can't wait for year five for us to go back through our money shots. I want us to go through some of great. these films and be like, what do you remember? What really lingered in our brains? Yeah. That's, that'll be a great test. And to see how it's... Yeah, yeah. We should make that a weekly thing because we've seen... You know, whatever whatever movie yeah. we saw five years earlier. Yeah. And there you go. So that's that's a new game that's coming up in two years. I love it. Three years, however long it's been. Yeah. If I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we did it. Phew. This is good. Yeah, man. What do you want to do now? Uh, Let's do something. Kick Let's you bowling. out of studio and uh, uh, relax. Sending me, you're sending me home? Yeah. But I'm going home with a couple of DVDs. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey, man, um, you know, if people have their own ideas of badass bitches that we forgot, you know what they can do? Tell us. They can send us an email. Where? To robert at antiwavepodcast.com. Or, or, and or, uh, ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Yeah. Or they can send us a message through Twitter or Instagram, both of which are at antiwavepod. Right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We are. You can find us on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Uh, we're on uh, We're on. Podbean, we're on. Uh, we're on. Uh, where are we? And by the way, take out a few minutes, and why don't you rate or review us, especially on iTunes? Me? Uh, you want me you, to rate you, and review us? Do it yourself. Cloak, yeah, <laughs> come up with an alias. So on iTunes or Podbean, it'd be nice to get a few ratings. Or yeah, reviews. if you could We'd rate like reviews, that. that would really help. Yeah, and then, uh, or just go to our website. We're all over the place. We really are. Yeah, and you can also go to our Patreon page and help kick in some money. And we're going to start putting together some special features for you. We already yes, have we a are. couple. In we mind. have a few good ideas, yeah. don't we? Uh, also, we want to point out that this week we're going to be watching the movie The Mule, and we'll be right. talking about that next week. So if you want to stay up to date with us, then watch check the movie out. before you listen. Yeah, that's the new Clint Eastwood movie coming up. Yeah, I know. Hey, let's thank yeah. producer Joy for. Bring, doing a great job yeah i like that new game joey thank yeah, you nicely thank you. done yeah she's not dead to us yet yeah no ira hmm? let's give a little applause to you good job this week man nicely done i don't know it's just robert, i felt like thank you applauding you and robert mediocre job to you too thanks friend. man i appreciate it <laughs> all right so until next time keep watching movies and we'll help you sort them out His son is going to grow up to be such a fag.